a number of months ago, I was just praying and prayed some things out, and uh, I was just praying about some things, and then uh, Wesley, uh, um, who is uh, over our media department, uh, he had something, and, uh, um, and it just, when he said it, it really struck me, and so if you've seen our billboards around town, anybody seen our billboards around town? Some of them used to say hope lives, and there was that cute one in the summer with some car on it, I don't know. So Wesley and them, they come up with all kind of good stuff, but when he said this one, it really struck me. Um, and what he said to me is, we might as well tell everybody who we are. And we are a Holy Ghost church. Amen. And so if you're new here, it's not something new. We've been a Holy Ghost church since November of 1993. Wow. So this is getting on 30 years of being a Holy Ghost church. And so we're not, uh, some people are like, are we, uh, are we changing anything? We're not changing anything. We're just letting everybody else know who we are. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times when you look at churches today, if you look at everybody's statement of faith and how they do church, it all, a lot of it looks very similar. And so I'm not trying to do advertising uh, for, you know, the, the Lord told us a long time that he would be our advertisement. And he's done that. I don't know if some of you were here when we were back in the A-frame, but you couldn't get there by advertisement. And that was before GPS was the thing. You had to get there by invitation only because you can't find it. Anyway, so, um, but, um, you know, we grew there because the Lord did that. And so I wanted to, some of you, I, when we put it up, we've been getting, a, it's been a, this has been the biggest rumble of stuff I've ever heard from a lot of quarters. Why? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Even in the church. Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost. Don't we call him the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm a little Pentecostal. Holy Ghost. I'm a little King James. Holy Ghost. That's how I know him. And so um, I thought before I took off, I better tell you what I think a Holy Ghost church is. And then I'd already planned to minister. Uh, we talked about who Jesus, remember, we talked about who Jesus is. Remember, he asked the question, who do men say that I am? And so we've spent months on who Jesus is. And so we're going to probably spend months on who is the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. But today I want to talk to you about uh, us being a Holy Ghost church. Uh, so again, first and foremost, we're, it doesn't mean we're not really changing anything. Um, we're just letting people know who we are. So what is a Holy Ghost church? I grew up in a small charismatic church, and I saw some things that um, after, I just, after the Lord called me to pastor, um, I decided I wasn't going to let happen. Um, because um, what, what I first came into was chaos. And um, it was just the mercy of God that I survived it. And so I've seen a whole lot of error. So a lot of things that I do in my life are from, um, I don't want people to experience the error and the excess, because when you get there, then people throw away the real. And so I want to take you to some things of what, so I've been asking the Lord, how do I explain what a Holy Ghost church is? And so uh, these are some things. So first thing he said to me, and I know it was the Holy Ghost, he said to me, uh, how about your, the scripture I called you off of? So we're going to start with, if you're going to be a Holy Ghost church, you've got to be a word church. Mark 16, 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming their personality, confirming their gifting. 
Confirming because that's just what he can do. No, it said he confirmed the word. The Holy Ghost has nothing to confirm if there is no word. If there is no word, the Holy Ghost inspired holy men of old to pen this. And it is a perfect book. The translations aren't always perfect, but the original is always perfect because the Holy Ghost, who is perfect, moved through holy men of old, and we have the living word of God. We have the double-edged sword. But the Holy Ghost himself cannot manifest off of personality. The Holy Ghost doesn't manifest just because of need. The Holy Ghost can only confirm the word of the living God and the word of the living God that he instructs men and women of God to minister at that moment. So it's more than just the word. It's the inspired word. It's the rhema word. It's a word from the word that the Holy Ghost has instructed. Uh, and so this is about preaching the word. So let's look at this. So in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, a Holy Ghost church. Everybody say this. A Holy Ghost church is a church full of the word of God. Say it again. The Holy, a Holy Ghost church is a church full of the word of God. So Acts chapter 8 verses 4 through 8. And it says, and they, uh, therefore they that were scattered, remember persecution came to the Jews, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word. They went everywhere preaching the word. And then it says this, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. So preaching the word, preaching Christ, preaching the anointing. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake. So I want you to see they went preaching the word. They pre he preached Christ to them and they heard him speak. And then what happened? Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. There is no miracles. There are no signs and wonders without first the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. The Word of God can never get old to you. Everybody wants something new or something that will, you know, um, something different. But the true preaching of the gospel, of the cross, of the resurrection, uh, of, uh, of the word of God that we have, that's the only thing the Holy Ghost can confirm. He's not confirming men's opinions. He's not confirming men's ideas. He's not confirming what a prophet says unless it's really from the word of God and the heart of God. In this hour, we have to be more word people than ever. I didn't say religious. I didn't say tight. I said Holy Ghost people are word people. Amen? Are you with me? Well, that's just simple. It is simple. And so when he preached Christ, when they went preaching the word, when he spake the things, what happened? I mean, miracles happened. Unclean spirits came out of people. People that were lame, that were possessed, that were taken with palsy. Everybody was healed. And there was great joy. Another manifestation of the Holy Ghost. There was great joy in the city. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, when the word is being preached and signs are wonders and be are done, there's going to be some joy. Sometimes people don't like joy. I like joy. 
I like to jump up and down. I like to laugh. I like to run around the room. But it's not always that. Joy is just an inner con, uh, contentment with God, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. And you know when God is in the room, there's peace and there's joy. But it, that, that Holy Ghost can't move unless first there's the word. Let's look at another one. Acts chapter 14. Woo, hallelujah. Acts chapter 14, verse number 3. Uh, this is talking about Paul. It says, a long time, therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord. So what are they doing? They're speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace. And when, that, when they spoke boldly, so the word of God has to be preached, but it has to be preached boldly. Not arrogantly, not know-it-all, but boldly. Proclaim it. A spirit of boldness. Why? Because it's the truth. He's the way. It is what God said, and God has not changed his mind about it, so we can do it boldly. Everybody say boldly. Amen. And then I want you to see this. So it says, they spoke the word of grace, and he granted. So as he was speaking the word of grace, as he was speaking, come clean. As he was speaking the word of grace, what happened? Boldness came, and then what happened? Signs and wonders happened. So signs and wonders don't just happen without the word of God. So if you want to have, some people want to have a Holy Ghost move without the word. I'm telling you that's impossible. I'm telling you that's impossible. Well, I just want to come in and see God move. Well, you want to do that, then what you do is you invite familiar spirits. And everything that glitters isn't gold. And everything that's supernatural and even spectacular is not God. And the devil will accommodate. So do I make you in And so this is what happens. So some people see excess and they pull away from real. I always give this funny illustration. Um, I put on some cologne today. I hope I did it in moderation. But I have been in an elevator when num that person doesn't understand moderation. And he honestly didn't even, even if it was meant to smell good, it really was overwhelming. And so someone would say, well, if that's what cologne smells like, I'm never going to wear it. Or someone takes their car and hits somebody and kills them. Well, a car is not the problem. I need one to get around. Right? When it comes to excess or people doing something wrong, prosperity other tongues, other things in the word of God. When they see an excess, the thing they do is they run into the other ditch. I'm saying we can't do that. We have to be word people. We have to know the Holy Ghost, and we have to let him confirm the word. But some people want to skip the word and get right to the move. And when you do that, I'm telling you it's dangerous because the Holy Ghost confirms the word of God. Am I saying that the spirit of God can't move off of worship? Well, uh, I'm saying he can if it's full of the word. Because we're giving him the word back. What am I doing? I just want to put a foundation in you. Some of you have been around here a long time and you know this. But if you're new and then if you come because you saw a sign that said a Holy Ghost church, I want you to know what you're getting into and what's not going to happen. Let me just jump ahead. What's not going to happen is we're not going to have any free-for-all around here where everybody goes running around prophesying to everybody. They didn't come here for you to prophesy to them or catch them in the parking lot. You have a word from the Lord. Unless you know somebody really well, you ought not be doing that. We're not going to let you do that. 
Because I'm going to get to it, but the Bible says where the Spirit of God is that there, there's, it's decent and it's in order. And it doesn't mean that I'm the only person in the room that God can use. But when you get a larger church, it does normally come for the platform. But even if you have something for someone, uh, you know, and they don't know you, you ought, you ought to run it up the chain and make sure. So, well, I got to give it right now. I got to do it right now. I got, well, we're going to get to it. Hallelujah. I'm jumping ahead. But, but you see, we can have things decently in order and have a full manifestation of the Holy Ghost. But when things get out of order, then the Holy Ghost himself will pull away. We don't want that. We, we've got to have the Spirit of God in these last days. We've got to be a church full of the Holy Ghost. They've got to, the people have to have answers, and it's only God. One minute in the presence of God can change everything. It did for me. It's done it for, he's done it for some of you. We need the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. But how do they come? They first come with the Word of God. Amen? Acts chapter 14. Y'all with me? And there is a certain man at Lister, verse number 8, and there was a certain man at Lister impotent in his feet who's being crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. And the same heard Paul speak. So Paul was doing what? Preaching the word of God. And who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith. You can't have faith for anything. For he, here he had faith to be healed. But you can have faith for an outpouring. You can have faith for anything unless it's in the word of God. And if there is no word of God, there's no place to put your faith. The Word of God must be taught. The Word of God must be preached. And it can be boisterous or it could be just standing here, just looking at you, speaking the Word. The Holy Ghost doesn't need emotion to move. He needs His Word to move. And when He moves, there could be some emotion. But you doing any gyrations is not going to bring the Holy Ghost in the room. Only the Word. Only belief in that Word. So if you're going to be a Holy Ghost church, what do you got to have? You got to be a word church. It's, it's time and time again. And, and the, verse 9, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly behold him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand right on your feet, and he leaped and walked. Paul preached. The man had faith. Miracles happened. And that's what we want. Is that what you want? And then the apostle Paul. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 15 in his ministry. Romans chapter 15, 16 through 19, New Living Translation. Romans chapter 15, it says, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news. What is the good news? It's the word of God. So that I might present you as acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Verse 18. Yet I dare not boast about anything except Christ that what he has done through me. Bringing the Gentiles to God by my message. How, how did the Gentiles come? By the word of God, by the message, and by the way I worked among them. Verse 19, they were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's spirit. In this way, I have fully presented. The good news is not fully presented without they went therefore and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them confirming the word with signs falling. You can't have real church without the Holy Ghost. You can't have real gospel without supernatural power and signs and wonders and miracles. Not really. You start preaching the truth, not even looking for that, God will start to move. I remember back in the day when people were getting a hold of some of these worship songs that they didn't want anything to do with the Holy Ghost, but suddenly as they're worshiping God, God fell. 
And they didn't know what quite to do. Well, you start singing the word to him, worshiping him, he's going to show up. Whether you know what to do with him or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they were convinced. Why? Because of miraculous signs and wonders. But what happened? It was because of the good news. In that way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ. So this deal of not wanting God to move on a Sunday morning because it might scare some folks is foreign to me. It's like an alien thought to me. How could I ever preach the word and not expect God to show up? How could I ever tell the Holy Ghost, you're not welcome here on Sunday mornings? We have a special place for you. It's in the back. You can come on Wednesdays if you want to. Listen to me and make this very clear. And, and, and I'll clean it up. I'm not here to make you comfortable. I'm not. I'm here to make God comfortable. Somehow, some way, we've gotten church askew as a whole. Well, Pastor, we got to make people feel comfortable. If it's really the Holy Ghost, their comfort will come back. <laughs> I remember the first time I ran into him, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't grow up that way, but I sure glad I ran into him. And then he ran into me. My whole life changed. And I'm not apologize. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost made me who I am today. And so what is that? See, when you say that, though, that means people think, well, then it's going to be, you know, everything's always going to be wild, and I can't bring somebody because they don't understand. Well, you can bring anybody into the presence of God if everybody learns how to cooperate with the presence of God. I'm not talking about everybody running around the room. I'm grateful we don't have chandeliers. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about every time we get together, we're going to swing from the chandeliers. I'm not going to talk about everybody rolling around. Sometimes people rolling around the ground has nothing to do with God. It's just their fleshly some whatever. You can't always take and look at some of that stuff. So some people, you know, they're like, well, even when we lay hands on people, they're like, oh, that's too much. Well, it's not too much. It's biblical. And as long as we stop and say what the Bible says about it and show them it's the word, most reasonable people, even if they don't understand it, will know, okay, that's God. I don't understand it right now, but that's God. I get it. It's God. I, don't, I haven't been taught that way, but it's God. So what is a Holy Ghost church? Everybody say a Holy Ghost church, Holy Ghost church. is a word church. Let's, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, just run through some of these. It says, uh, it says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But he's saying, so it wasn't man's wisdom, but it was God because it's, it, it came in demonstration and power of the Spirit that your faith, verse 5, would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You can't get the power of God without the Word of God. And then you know this one too, 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're going to add 6. I normally just look at 5. For our gospel came not to you in word only. So it's never meant to be word only. It was never meant to be word only. It came not into you in a cute little teaching with a cute book and a cute cover and a little fill-out-the-blank sheet. I'm not opposed to some of that stuff, but if that's all church is, that's not what it was meant to be. Our gospel came to you not in word only, but in power. 
What the world needs now besides the love of God is they need the power of God. They need the reality of God. They need to know he's real. We have a whole generation that needs to know that God is real. I think we need every generation to know that God is real. Uh, But also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. Verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received what? The word. And so even if the word is ministered and there's persecution and there's affliction and there are people telling us that you're, you know, uh, you, you, you ought not say that anymore. Times have changed. Well, the word hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. He still has the same uh, feelings and the same things about everything that he's ever had. He was ready for this culture. Hallelujah. He was ready. Having received the word with much affliction, with there it is again, a manifestation of God. So when the word of God is preached, there ought to be joy. There ought to be liberty. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. Hallelujah. So the word, of, uh, to be a Holy Ghost church, you got to be a word church. Amen. It doesn't mean you have to be a perfect church. I love, you know, the epistles are written to churches. Each one of them had some issues. Even the church at Ephesus, he said, I have something against you. You lost your first love. The Corinthian church, they got two letters. Big ones. They were a zealous bunch. But they weren't as much word bunch as they were a manifestation bunch. And so the Lord used the Apostle Paul to fix them. Some of them were living in sin. He sent the word to fix them. They had all the manifestations. But in order to have manifestations that last, you have to be a word church and a power church. You have to be a word church and a glory church. You have to be a word church and let the Spirit of God manifest himself. So we're just setting a foundation here. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us to do some things about the Spirit of God. It, it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. And some of this stuff we're going to go back over the months and look at, but I just want you to get this real strong. It says, covet earnestly the best gifts or the best manifestations, and yet I show you a more excellent way, and that more excellent way is love. But what are we supposed to do? To be a Holy Ghost church, to be a people uh, in this hour that we live in, we have to covet earnestly the manifestations. We We have to want God to move. We have to want God to move. It doesn't just happen. Well, I just believe if God wants to move, he'll move. No, he said to covet earnestly. That means there's something on our end. We got to want them. We got to want God to manifest himself. We got to want God to manifest his glory. We got to want God to manifest his anointing. We got to want God to manifest the um, manifestations of his spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1. Follow after agape and desire. So how many know the greatest of these is agape? The greatest of these is love. So love is the highest way. So even in this, love has to be the center. Love is the greatest of these. And so even with God's manifestation, we have to want them in love, not for spiritual pride to say, hey, you know, uh, you know I had people, I remember when I first came in uh, charismatic circles, word of faith circles, spirit-filled circles, whatever circles. I remember I had one person walk up to me and say, uh, I have all nine manifestations. It's like, What? I didn't know if I was supposed to uh, be impressed or even at my young age knew that I needed to pray for them because I knew it wasn't true. It's not about pride of we've got this, we got that. It has to be in love. 
Because if you can prophesy but you don't have love, what are you? You're, you're a clinging symbol. Blah, blah, blah. Right? So love is the most important. Can you see that? Even the manifestation. But he says, follow after agape and desire. Do you and I desire God to move? Or have we just gotten into a place where we know he can, and since we know he can, that's enough? Or do we really want to, do we desire him to really move in our midst? And then uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, 14, verse, um, is it 14 again? Yeah, I think it's supposed to have one in front of it. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Sometimes I get busy rewriting my notes. 14, 12. For as much as you are zealous, everybody say, desire and be zealous, covet. We want them. For, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seeking that you may excel to edify. The, so spiritual gifts are doing what? They're supposed to edify you. They're supposed to build you up. It's supposed to help people. So God doesn't just manifest to say, hey, I'm God. What's it for? It's to bless someone. It's to help someone. It's to edify, to build up. So number one, we have, what is a Holy Ghost church? A Holy Ghost church is a word church. A real Holy Ghost church then is also someone who desires, covets, makes room for. I would say it this way, prepares the atmosphere for. Now listen, we'll get into this later, but you and I cannot make God move. You and I cannot make him, even the manifestations of the Spirit, uh, they're as the Spirit of God wills, the nine I'm talking about. You know, the, the vocal gifts, the power gifts, the revelation gifts. You can't, no one has those. I had someone say, well, I have the gift of healing. No, you don't. Because if you did, you ought to be down at Huntsville Hospital emptying it. You don't have it. I have the gift of special faith. No, you don't. I have the gift of prophecy. I can prophesy to anyone, anywhere, anytime at the drop of a hat. No, you don't. That's dangerous. We're going to get into all this. Because, see, the reason people don't get in all of this on Sunday morning is because you're going to undo some stuff and redo some stuff, and it's going to take some time. But we got some time. We got till Jesus comes back. Well, if that's next year, well, we'll finish it up in heaven. You're not going to get some wings and just float around up there, you know. Or did you think you would? There's stuff to do there, too. Zealous. So we also got to set an atmosphere. Um, that reminds me um, of Pentecost. How many know there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire set on them? And they say, well, God did all that. No, hold up. If the 120 hadn't gathered, there wouldn't be nobody to put no fire on. And the scripture, one scripture says he appeared unto 500. And 120 showed up. That's always given me great courage and strength. If a resurrected Jesus couldn't get 380. Anyway, hallelujah. So listen, but they were said, uh, I think it's Acts 114. It says that they were in unity. They came and they prayed. So prayer sets an atmosphere for the spirit of God to move. 
So we have to covet, we have to desire, we have to be zealous over the things of the Spirit. Is that, does that describe you? Are you hungry for God to move? Not just for you, but to bless everybody else. Are you hungry for God to move? Or are you satisfied where everything's at? Are you satisfied with your spiritual condition and so it doesn't really matter? No, you come in hungry not just for you, but for others around you. For the person that somehow, someway walks through on this campus for the first time and they feel the presence of God and they don't know what to do with it and they get in the middle of worship and you and I are all here and they're like, something's up in here, I don't understand this, but I feel something, I sense something, what is this? And then the word of God is preached and they come back to the Lord and get filled with the Holy Ghost and their whole life is changed. Why? Because we're zealous, we're coveting, we want God to move in our midst. And then what sets the atmosphere? Well, we have morning prayer before and they're doing a great job. But you, you on your way in as a family, what with your eyes wide open, you can pray and believe God that God's going to be in the room today. He's going to manifest himself. They all continue with one accord. Oh my goodness, what time is it? And, and they prayed and they supplicated with the women. And then we know that because they were in unity in one accord, then, then suddenly, they prayed, then suddenly, setting the atmosphere, setting the atmosphere. Let's get to this. Let's take a, a break from that. And I, I mentioned it, but I want to look at it. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 is Paul by the Holy Ghost setting the wild church that is Corinthians, the Corinthians, setting the wild church in order. And so you've got to read this, and we don't obviously have time to read everything, but some of you have been around a while and some of you have been new. And so um, I grew up in a denominational church, and so when I first got, came to a church like this some 35 years ago, it blew my hair back. Really did. But I liked it because I needed it. And I didn't know it, but I needed, I needed him. I needed him, Jesus, but I also needed him, the Holy Ghost. And... Um, Yet, I told you this, and not to blame anybody, but it just was what it was. Um, when I saw some things and I began to learn some things, um, the Holy Ghost wants to pour out his spirit, but he does also like some order. Now, he doesn't like religion, and he doesn't like it dead, because order is not dead. How many know heaven's in order? Hell's in chaos. Heaven's in order. Let me read you some scripture. Don't want to end on these, but I want you to see some. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren? 1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren? So he's talking to the church. When you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has doctrine, has a tongue, a revelation, interpretation. Let all things be done to edifying. So he's got his group of people coming together. If any man speak in an unknown tongue... This is talking about a message in tongues. It's not talking about praying in tongues. It's not talking about when people lay hands on people and they're praying in tongues. This is talking about a message in tongues. It says, um, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or the most three, and let one person interpret. So what is God doing? He set things in order. He's a God of order. This is the way it needs to be done. And if there is no interpreter, one interpreter, if there's no interpreter, let everybody hold it. Well, I just can't. Okay, let's keep reading. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God. 
Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other one judge. And anything be revealed to another that sits by, let the first hold his peace. You may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and it be comfortable. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Well, I would say this. If the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, uh, you, can, you and I can act decently in order too. I'm not talking about stiff. You can be most rebellious while the church is jumping up and down, rejoicing, laughing, jumping up and down. And you sit there like this. Pious. That's just as rebellious. Well, I ain't going to do none of that. If, if I ever do any of that, that's going to be the Holy Ghost. Don't be you yielding to the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Everybody looking at me strange. That's all right. Verse 33. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all church of the saints. So everything, it says... Uh, uh, it talks about women. I don't have time to get into that because this is in King James is not very clear. Uh, see Pastor Rhonda. It doesn't mean women shut up. There is a whole thing. Uh, she's got a book coming out soon. <laughs> she's getting around to it. Hallelujah. Um, uh, verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant... One of Brother Hagin's favorite scriptures. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. He added the word still. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with other tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. There's order. There's order. As a pastor, I know what's going on. I'm an interpreter. I know what's going on. And some people say, well, everything always comes from the front. Nothing ever comes from the congregation. The larger you get, the more normal that is. Because, A, uh, everybody doesn't know everybody. And so when stuff comes up, it ought to be trusted. And uh, every, every once in a while, the Lord will say, have so-and-so give something. It's not often, but what is it? Let everything be done decently in order. Are you all with me? Because, see, if we do the way the Word says, then we can have this flow. We can, we can have this comfort in God and knowing that everything's going to be done decently in order. And if it's done decently in order, then you can invite people in. Even if they don't understand it, they'll see the presence of God in it. They'll see the decency and the order in it. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes when everybody gets happy around here, it doesn't to the natural mind look like chaos. But you can go back to 1 Corinthians where it says the natural mind doesn't receive the things of God. So you see, if you want a natural-minded person to understand everything about the Spirit of God, no, first, they're just going to have to realize something's good's going on here. Something, this is God, and their heart has to be open to it. Because their natural mind, there's not going to read. I think the church as a whole has tried to make everything natural. When we need a supernatural God, we need the power of God. Healing is supernatural. Prosperity is supernatural. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is supernatural. The manifestations of the Spirit are supernatural. If God really wants to bless us, then that's what we've got to have. Are y'all with me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, well, I wanted to get to this. Can y'all hang on just a minute? Hallelujah. So, we, God's a God of order. Can you see that? But He's not a God of rigidness. You can have order without stale. You can have um, decent and in order. 
no chaos without rigid, religious. And so just so I didn't leave you there as you walked out, I'm not leaving you with that. Because this is the deal. Most people in the body of Christ don't lean to that. There's a handful of people who love to be seen, uh, who want to be heard or whatever, and they're the one. It's just a handful of people. But but we need to know what that's in the Word of God. Most people, we're going to have to pull over the other way, even among you. What, what do you and I need to leave with? This. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2.14. We have to understand, natural people, if you want everybody to understand God who's not born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and word taught, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated. Because God cannot be understood. I had a man who I love very dearly. He was in church. Um, and uh, he was the sound man. Really good job. Such a server, such a giver. Helped build things in the church. And one day we were out to lunch and he was talking about the Bible. He said, I don't understand that book. I said, I said what? You don't understand King James. No, I just don't understand the book. What did I know? Well, if you're calling it the book and you don't understand it, you're not born again. So I began to minister to him. And then many months later, he got born again. And then he, we were out again. He said, okay, I understand the word. I, I'm beginning to understand the word. Why? See, you can't understand the book because it's not just a book. The natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness. So if you're trying to get someone to say this is, this, if they're not born again, if they're not filled with the Holy Ghost, it's going to be foolishness to them. And so I think in the right heart, people say, well, we need to get rid of what they see, deem as foolish. But when you get rid of what they deem as foolish, you get rid of the Holy Ghost, you get rid of the Word. And so we just need to let God be God. I'm not saying, and again, I already gave you, not chaos, not out of order, but God's got to be able to be God. And you don't have to be the Holy Ghost and try to make sure everybody's comfortable. Let the Word be the Word. Speak the Word only. Let God do what He does off of the Word. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.30, Amplified Classic. Do not grieve. So this is what we're at, you and I, Cornerstonians. How is it that we began in the Spirit? Are we going to be made complete in the flesh? Now what he said, oh foolish Galatians, oh foolish Cornerstonians. We've been doing this, some of you have been doing this for me a long time. We're not going to be made complete by relying on our flesh, but we're going to keep walking in the Spirit. We're going to keep walking in love. We're going to keep walking in the Word. And we're not going to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We're not going to offend Him, vex Him, or sadden Him. We're not going to offend Him because He can be offended. We're not going to vex him, and we're not going to sadden him. When is he sad? When he comes to do something and he won't be received. When he stands at the door and says, I got something, and everybody says, not today, not right now. That's for you personally. That's for us as a church. Acts 7, 51, again, Amplified Classic. Woo, this one's a hard one. You're up preaching. That's not it. 
It's at Acts 7. Let me find it. Sometimes when I transfer my notes, I don't get it exactly right. Yeah, Acts 7, 51. Um, let me just read it. Yeah, no, that's right. You stubborn. There it is. Whew, this is hard to take. You stubborn and stiff-necked people, still heathen and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always actively resisting the Holy Spirit, just like your daddies did. New living. New living. Acts 7.51, new living. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestor did, and so do you. So God doesn't take it lightly when people put the Holy Ghost out. We're not doing that. But I want you to see how strong God is on it. I don't want to be called stiff-necked. I don't want to be stubborn. I want God to move, and I know you want God to move. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 It says, do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to leave you with that. I don't think we are. I don't think we are, but I wanted you to see, yes, God wants things decently in order, but we're supposed to covet. We're supposed to desire. We're supposed to be zealous over spiritual manifestations. We don't ever want to grieve Him. The Holy Ghost is not an it. The Holy Ghost is a person. And we don't ever want to grieve Him. We don't want to be stiff-necked. We want to be open to everything He wants to do in our personal life and when we gather together. I'm hungry for a move of God. I was born in, from my mother's womb. I was born and born again and filled with the Holy Ghost to see a move of God. And we're having one all over the world, but I want us as a church to be hungry. I want us to know that as we prepare to come to church every time, the Holy Ghost is allowed to do what the Holy Ghost is. And you don't have to be concerned that it's going to uh, get out, get chaotic or get out of order because we, we know how to do it. We've been doing it a while around here, but we want more of Him. I'm not satisfied. I'm satisfied and grateful for everything God has done, but I know there's more. Do you know there's more? And God wants to change your life. He wants to help you and me. And he wants to help other people. One minute in the presence of God can change someone's life forever. But we can't get there unless first we got to be people of the word. We got to do things. We got to covet. We got to want. We got to do things decently in order. God's not a God of chaos. He doesn't work in the middle of chaos. But, and we sure don't want to grieve 